Welcome to WTTS In Conversation. I'm Matt Pelser. Later this month, the Goo Goo Dolls play TCU Amphitheater at White River State Park with OAR. And so I caught up with bassist and founding member Robbie Takak. We talked about the latest album, Chaos in Bloom. We focused on the songs he wrote for the record, and we get deep into his very cool nonprofit, Music is Art, which has fostered quite the community in his hometown of Buffalo, New York, for the past 20 years now. As you'll hear, Robbie was a delight, just as I thought he'd be. Here's me and Robbie Takak from the Goo Goo Dolls. How much have you been barefoot on stage this year? Uh, well, less uh, than usual, actually. Really? But, uh, well, yeah, because uh, you know we took a little bit of time off between a big summer tour uh, that we had, and just recently we've been out. We did like uh, we do Brazil and all through the UK and uh, Scotland, and but the shows are not rapid fire like they are here in the states. I'm, well, we're about to do like. I think six shows a week for about 10 weeks coming up. So yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to get busy. It's going to be a busy summer. Yeah. So <laughs> I will be in my, so I will be in my bare feet often. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. I can remember seeing you guys. Uh, it was the, for the first time in um, summer of 2006. <laughs> I saw you in summer of 2006 for the first time. And I've seen you a couple of times since then. We were all like, Robbie's not wearing shoes. Is that safe? Uh, I mean, yeah. but at the time I didn't know you used to be barefoot all the time, right? Yeah, I just it's become a superstition, and uh, I'm pretty clumsy. Oh, so, is it? Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. So you add all that stuff up, and uh, I just got a better chance without them on. Oh, so it's like you want to feel the ground. You want to feel the ground. Yeah, you got it. Okay, yeah, rooted. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this new song, "Run All Night," really good. Uh, just a Thanks, really man. uplifting melody. Um, it's newer than the one uh, than the new album, "Chaos and Bloom." What made you and Johnny want to speed that one out the door right away? Uh, John had been doing a little bit of work with a producer that we uh, have worked with in the past named Greg Wattenberg. Uh, he helped out with Chaos a little bit and a couple records prior to that as well he produced. And uh, they just came up with that riff and gave me a call. <laughs> I was in Buffalo and they were like, dude, you got to come down and play on this. So, uh, yeah, you know, it was just a song they had kicking around. And uh, we had been doing some stuff. We recorded another song as well with... Um, uh, this summer we'll be out touring with uh, a band called OAR. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, we recorded a song with Greg, uh, a Tom Petty cover, uh, I Won't Back Down. Uh, so they, we were kind of in a room working together. So I think it was just sort of a byproduct of everybody kind of being, you know, in the studio. And uh, so, yeah, so we got a new song out there. I just heard that cover, the uh, the I Won't Back Down cover. So good. I mean, okay, so yeah, as you mentioned, you're going out with OAR. That's going to be our show, September, um, August 23rd at uh, TCU Amphitheater at White River State Park. Yeah, it's the Big Night Out tour. How did that pairing come about, you guys and OAR? Are you guys fans? Who called who? Uh, John actually became friends with Mark. Uh, they both live in the New York area here, so got together a few times. I think they probably met through Greg, the producer I had mentioned. And, uh, yeah, we just thought, you know, it would be a cool way to kind of wind up the show and, you know, promote the tour a little bit and stuff. It's amazing how similar those guys sound to each other at times during that song. It's <laughs> kind of hard to tell who's singing sometimes. It's funny. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good pairing, uh, OAR and Goo Goo Dolls. And this album, man, I really liked Chaos and Bloom. Mm -hmm. You sing a couple songs on the new record, Loving Life and Past Mistakes. 
I yeah. love those two songs in particular. They they yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, they <laughs> speak to. I think what it is they they speak to more than a few things that I I'm going through or have gone through. Mm. Can you tell me where these songs came from? Yeah, you know, I think this whole record, you know, we did it. We started writing these songs when you weren't allowed to leave your house. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you know, everybody was sort of sequestered in their homes. And, uh, you know, the, the vaccines haven't, hadn't even come out yet at that point. So we were we rented a studio in Woodstock, New York, which is in an old church in the middle of the woods called uh, Dreamland. Mm. And uh, we spent uh, about two months out there getting tick bites and <laughs> dodging hobos <laughs> on the railroad tracks and uh <laughs> and uh but so but uh i mean we got to sit with just our group of people and write some songs um that we hadn't done that in an awfully long time you know there's usually you know lots of stuff going on and people in and out and, but this time it was just kind of us in the woods so that's how the record got started so i think a lot of the messaging on the record i think people were living through a very similar situation you know so when you say the songs are relatable you know i i sort of believe that because i think the whole world was living through a very similar uh crazy moment and mm -hmm. um you know so i think uh you know there's something to grab onto there well i imagine you're like a lot of songwriters and that you you want it to be a, a universal experience you want it to to speak to, to all kinds of people going through all kinds of things and the two songs that you sing on the new album the two that you wrote I don't know, man. I, I could be completely wrong here. I know you've got a, a preteen daughter. I was hearing Parenthood vibes in a couple of moments of the songs. I don't know if that's where any of that came from. Yeah, you know, you know, my daughter's 11 now. And, uh, you know, there's a there's definitely a shift in my songwriting when that happened. It's funny, you know, people talk, <laughs> you know, like I, I used to laugh before I had a kid, you know, about, oh, great. They're going to write Daddy Rock now, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but well, that's what know, happens, like, you know, like because it happens often. But I think, you know, if you're, you know, trying to be an authentic and uh, genuine and what you do, you know, you're going to take those things that you're living through, you know, in your life and those experiences, you know, that you're, you know, translating be they your own or maybe your observation of someone else living through these things. But, you know, you're going to sing about the things that are around you. So, mm. yeah, I think there's a bit of that for sure. Wanting to maybe share a little bit of, uh, I don't know, what I consider wisdom, I guess. <laughs> so you mentioned the the studio where you tracked Chaos and Blooms, one of these you know studios in Woodstock that popped up after the concert. And I've wondered, though, why artists who have their own studios, you've got your own studio, record in other studios, especially now when... You know, budgets are a little tighter than they used to be. Although I, I'm, I'm sure the Goo Goo Dolls are a little insulated from that. What is it? I guess does it feel like too much, too much like work if you're doing it in your own space versus a destination like this one? Well, I guess in my case, I mean, we have done an awful lot of recording. You know, at our space over the years. You know, we did our early albums there, all of our early albums, of course. You know, before it was my studio. You, you know, we've done portions. Uh, pretty much all the records there. But, you know, you end up working with the producer. Quite often their resources are kind of in one place and, and you know, their team is in one place. So when you get involved with the producer this time, you know, I, I said we're working with Greg Wattenberg. He's got a place in Manhattan that, you know, he's got all his gear, he's got all his people there. So it's sort of more uh, beneficial for you to do that. And it's funny to bring all those people in 
actually is more expensive, you know, to bring all those people to Buffalo and put them all up. They all live, you know, in New York. They all work with him. So we've done both things, but um, it seems that quite often, you know, we end up in the in, in the domain of the team that we're working with to make the record. Roger that. Okay, so I, I do have a question about your studio, or at least a room in your studio. Or maybe by mm-hmm. this point, it's a former room. I don't know. I, I'm not up to date, but there was this room that you had done up like a cave, right? Oh, that was the old studio. No, yeah. that was the old one. You don't have it anymore. Yeah. No, you know what? We actually just bought it again. Did uh, you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just reopened it last week. Yeah, we had a room called The Crypt in there. Yeah. Uh, that's actually a storage room currently. But <laughs> Oh, so did they? Okay, so did the previous owners wreck that room and now it doesn't look no, like that anymore? No, 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 no. We just, uh, there's two other studios in that space. So uh, we just haven't opened that third one yet, but I'm sure it'll get used at some point. Oh, okay. that's crazy! You know that though. Um, yeah, are, well, are, is, so is it a cave or does it look like a like a stone room or something like that? Is that what no, how you had just, it done up? It's just kind of a. The building was built in 1890, so so it's just like an old uh, brick, okay, brick stone space in the basement. I, yeah. Our our uh, program director here used to work at the Edge in Buffalo, and he he had been there, and he was like, yeah, because he knows that I'm a cave person. I, I, yeah, I, I'm yeah. a weird person. I uh, I explore caves. It's a hobby of mine. And so I was oh, like, he's got crazy. a cave studio. I got to ask him you about the what, cave man? studio. You know what? I got an Instagram obsession with these kids that crawl through these lava tubes, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever done that? I've been in a few lava tubes, but uh, mostly I'm, I'm in the limestone caves of Indiana. Wow. Man, in Kentucky, I'll tell you that you are you are a brave man. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever been to the Mega Cave? The uh, down in Louisville. Yeah, um, man. That's a uh, that's like a storage space. It's like they yeah, carved it out yeah. of the limestone. No, I haven't been down there. Yeah, I took a tour down there. That's a Did trip, you? man. It's, a, it's like a whole city underneath the. Uh, holy cow! How do we get into caves? This is great, man. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> No, it's it's fun. It's a weird thing. Uh, all right, so I I, I could yeah. talk about you got be, be careful because I'll talk to you about caves. So music is art is twenty years old this year. Is that a trip or what? Yeah, man. We uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, music is art's a, a not for profit five hundred one c three not for profit in uh, New York State, pretty much just in Buffalo. Uh, started twenty years ago when the economic situation was pretty horrible in Buffalo and there was no funding in the schools for arts and music. So we were trying to get music into school situations, you know, by interjecting it in whatever way we possibly could. We'd get instruments donated. We'd we'd refurbish those instruments. We'd get them in the school. We'd find mentors knowing that music is sometimes the only thing that that a kid's got to grab onto, you know, and uh, help out in the times that were tough. And then, it just started to grow. We put a board of directors together, had a uh, festival. The first year was two stages. This year will be 27 stages. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's what? pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, we do jazz uh, workshops for kids, concerts, you know, winter concerts where we gather schools together, mentoring groups, uh, <laughs> a thing called the Alliance, which is uh, what we sort of call a self-help group for struggling and frustrated and terribly excited and uh uh, motivated musicians Uh, what a great idea yeah they get together a couple times a month 
And uh, so, yeah, Music is Art's turned into really a cool uh, thing. If you go to musicisart.org, you can check out a lot of the things we do. And, uh, yeah, the festival's coming up in September, so uh, we're, we're ramping up for that now. That self-help aspect, I, you know, I mean, that's just a that's a terrific idea because, I mean, I, I'm sure that this is part of your experience, too. You get into music when when i don't know when when you're young and maybe you don't have mm-hmm. the life experience and it's this wonderful thing and this thing that speaks to you but before too long you get too deep in it and you start to think okay now that i'm here and now that i know what this is really like what do i do is that why you brought that on yeah well you know it, it, it we started the alliance right before the pandemic and we had maybe 20 30, 40 members maybe at that point. And uh, they would get together and do songwriting classes. And, you know, we'd bring in uh, like uh, someone from the industry, you know, and they'd talk and things like that. And then the pandemic hit and we moved to Zoom. And these Zoom calls, sometimes like we'd have a theme, but other times it was just people sharing their songs like with each other. Go, what do you guys think of this? And, da, 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 da. and before we knew it, there were like, dozens of people on these calls man and sometimes you know like if they were doing like a show of sorts you know there you know there'd be 100 people on the call and these people never really were together in real life like they had only met through this thing you know where people would chat and they'd go off on side chats and they would talk and all this and then all of a sudden the masks started coming off and they actually got to be in a room together and dude i gotta tell you like I'm not intimate with it like they are because I'm busy with so many things. But, like, I got to say, man, when I go in and I sit amongst this group of people, like, you know, the frustrations that come with trying to be a musician, you know, and and the joys that only you feel that, like, a, 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 a civilian can't understand. Like, the ability to be able to share these things with people, I think, is uh, a pretty amazing thing. And they've really found a great uh, resource in it. So... I don't know how you replicate something like that, you know, but I know for our town, it's really been a, it's really been a pretty cool thing for people. Well, so that right there kind of answered part of my next question, but I am curious about, yeah, I mean, look, building and maintaining a nonprofit is weird. I'm sure they kind of tend to evolve themselves before they kind of cement how, if at all, has the focus of music is art evolved over the last couple of decades since you started it well like i said i think at the beginning it was really just about keeping the idea that you know like a kid like me i couldn't play sports i wasn't great in school but like you know i had a passion for something that i was able to channel you know um it wasn't necessarily through school though quite honestly it was through mentors you know Mm. kids the kids who were a little bit older than me you know guys who owned music stores you know played guitar you know, as we got a little bit older, you, you know, it wasn't my parents' generation anymore, you know, and there were people my age who were in the schools teaching, losing their jobs, you know, as music teachers and such, you know, everyone was feeling the, those frustrations. So at that point, for me, it was just about raising, mostly about raising the awareness about that exact thing, you know, like it might not, not be debate club for some kids, it might not be, you know, star of the football team for some kids, you know, but like, all those same lessons you're learning from sitting in a garage with four other kids figuring out how to put a band together at 11 years old, you know, like, like you learning all those things, you're learning cooperation, you know, there's so much math involved, you know, there's so much, you know, poetry involved, there's so much just, uh, 
intellectual stimulation involved, you know, at an 11-year-old level. You know, these are all important things. So that was the focus then. I think now, you know, now that music is art in Buffalo is a little bit more high profile. I think it's a little bit more just about uniting all these things that are going on in town. Um, our festival for a while had 12 stages, 13 stages of live music, all doing different things. We had like a jazz stage, we had a hip hop stage, we had a rock stage, we had a Americana stage, we had, you know, like all these different stages. But what I started to realize was, I felt like it was doing a lot of kind of what the problem was in our city to begin with. Like this, it was very segmented, you know, that like, like all the all the hip hop kids hung out over here, and mm-hmm. all, the, all, all all the country music people hung out over here, and I felt like as a gesture, we just needed to smash all this stuff together. So, about three years ago, um, right when the pandemic happened, we had a uh, virtual festival where we had twenty stages all online, and uh, we did the whole event. Had all the bands come show up. We did it in an old deserted industrial site ag- agro-industrial site so everything was outside and there was just a window that was long enough for us to be able to bring these people in and do this stuff and uh that was the last time we ever had the stages that were sort of on their own the next year once people were able to get together again we put everything on every stage country rap hip-hop metal jazz classical and it goes from act to act and dude the people that are meeting at this thing and the collaborations that are coming from this stuff like it's crazy like like it's things you would never think of you know like there's rock bands in buffalo playing you know with full string sessions now and there's you know dancers with jazz groups and like just all this crazy stuff all born from you know the idea that you know all these people were sort of mixed up so that's how our focus has changed now i think our focus is much more about unity now within the artistic community because the artistic community is is thriving in buffalo right now so so i guess that's the answer to your long-winded answer to my question. <laughs> it's gotta feel it's gotta feel great though to be in the crowd and seeing all of this mixture and knowing that you know it's 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 your organization that, that got it going that's got to be awesome I, mean, I know you're you're gonna you're gonna pass the buck and be like you know it's everybody it's the community but it's a community that you kind of help to spark which is really really something um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm uh, definitely a part of it, but as you said, it takes a village, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Robbie, man, I really appreciate your time. You're coming to town August 23rd with OAR, the Big Night Out tour. Uh, can't wait to see you and Johnny, uh, the Goo Goo Dolls, Absolutely. on stage at TCU, man. Much appreciated. Awesome, Absolutely. Thanks a lot for talking, man. Robbie Takak. Hope we get to hear some of his songs when they come to town this month. This has been WTTS In Conversation. I'm Matt Felser. You can hear me in the morning on 92.3 WTTS or listen on the stream at WTTSFM.com or tell your smart speaker to play WTTS. We're on socials. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Matt Felser Radio. We'll be back again with a fresh episode of this podcast in a couple weeks. Talk to you then.